from KQED. From KQED Arts, I'm Gabe Moline with The Do List. Joining me in the studio is Jamidra Brown-Fleischman, co-host of KQED's pop culture podcast, The Cooler. Hi, Jamidra. Hi, Gabe. I'm so excited to be here. Good to have you. <laughs> Let's start this week with the voice of Yukimi Nagano. That's the band Little Dragon, based in Sweden, who've been making this saccharine and sometimes trippy pop music for over 20 years now. They play next month at the Greek Theater in Berkeley, and Jamidra and I are both fans of the opening act, too, aren't we? Oh, I love him. So Flying Lotus is from L.A. We both saw him last year when he opened for Solange. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was in for, but they handed me 3D glasses. There was a jumbotron. It was just an extravagant experience. It really was. You know, Flying Lotus is also the great nephew of Alice Coltrane. That know, explains so, some things. Right. It makes sense. He's got his hazy music, kind of has this jazzy electronic vibe to it. So Flying Lotus and Little Dragon play Saturday, June 16th at the Greek Theater in Berkeley. Now, have you ever wondered what it would look like if a famous artist tried to make stupid paintings on purpose? Hmm. Well, you don't have to wonder anymore, because SF MoMA has a new exhibit featuring Renee Magritte's later work. It's a master class in the absurd. This exhibit includes over 20 paintings that have never been seen in U.S. museums. It does. This is an impressive show all around, which I saw last week. But I flocked to the pieces from his Avash period, where he painted intentionally lousy paintings. You know, they're sometimes technically sloppy or like the subject is just awful. But I loved <laughs> seeing them. At first I thought, you know, oh, cool. You know, Magritte did that thing almost every artist does, where they disappear for a while and, you know, come back with an avant-garde period or an alter ego. So basically, like, when Prince was the artist formerly known as for a few years, right. or when Donald Glover shows up as Childish Gambino. Right, right. And Magritte had a political reason for it, though. According to this exhibit, you know, surrealism as a movement was meant to be absurd and confusing. Mm. But to Magritte, in 1947, the Nazi party proliferating throughout Europe was enough absurdity for the world. So then Magritte said, quote, my painting is a battle, or rather a counteroffensive. So basically, you're telling me that he fought Nazis with bad paintings. Mm -hmm. Is that really all we have to do? <laughs> hey, man, I'll try anything at this point. Imagine being so frustrated with the political climate, you shift your entire artistic approach to confront it. For me, this exhibit shows the role that art plays in helping us all understand the politically charged periods throughout history. That's Renee Magritte, the fifth season at SF MoMA. It's their big summer blockbuster show up through October 28th with a special ticket that's extra admission on top of your museum ticket. Now... A fresh and funny voice in the world of comedy. Gabe, see if you can guess who this is. Okay. I grew up in foster care. Anybody else grew up in the system? Make some noise if you was in the system! So I'm the only special mother here, huh? It's cool, it's cool. I was state property. I'm valuable, okay? I am valuable. All the rest of y'all, y'all mamas and daddies had to love you. They didn't get paid or nothing, okay? I know this one. That's the funniest person in comedy right now, Tiffany Haddish. Yes, and she is one of the headliners at Clusterfest next week, mm -hmm. the comedy and music festival which returns to San Francisco. It's got plenty of big names. I'm talking Amy Schumer, The Lonely Island, Deezus and Mero, mm -hmm. Trevor Noah, and his predecessor, Jon Stewart. Mm -hmm. So this festival is going to take over the Civic Center with multiple stages and set recreations from TV shows like Arrested Development 
and Nickelodeon's Double Dare. I can practically feel the green slime wash over me. Right, right. Now I want to talk about Jon Stewart a little bit because this kind of relates to the Magritte show and why he stepped away from surrealism. Mm -hmm. Every comedian right now, they get asked, man, you must have so much material. And the reality is, they always answer, you know, it's hard to make satire of satire. It's hard to make absurd an already absurd situation in Washington. And Jon Stewart... He's been out of the public eye, right? He's been out of the public eye for quite some time. This is going to be a rare appearance for him. And I want to know what he's thinking more than ever. Right. I want to know how he handles this moment in America. I guess we're going to find out. We will at Clusterfest. In addition to comedians, the festival features podcast hosts, TV stars. There's drag queens reading the script of the Spice Girls movie. I'm here for it. <laughs> and there's music, too. Performances <laughs> from the Wu-Tang Clan, T-Pain, salt and Pepper, and more. Now, if Tiffany Haddish doesn't join salt and Pepper on stage, that'll be an absolute travesty. I agree. That's Clusterfest June 1st through the 3rd at the Civic Center and Civic Auditorium. Now, a couple quick film picks. Jamidra, you told me about this Zodiac Killer movie, which looks bananas. Oh, are you talking about this thing at YBCA? Right, right. They're doing this series on the dark days of San Francisco in the 1970s. So films about Jim Jones and the Milk and Moscone murders, the SLA, and of course, the Zodiac Killer. So in addition to the David Fincher movie that they're showing, the one from 2007, they're screening this film, The Zodiac Killer, that was released in 1971, less than a month after the Chronicle got those deranged letters in the mail from the guy claiming to be the Zodiac Killer. How did they make a movie so fast? They made an amateur B-movie for $13,000 is how. (laughs) The director, Tom Hansen, he'd never made a film before. You know, he owned pizza restaurants. But the reason he made it is he knew the real-life Zodiac Killer couldn't resist coming to see it. That's brilliant. So he had six guys stationed around the lobby of the Golden Gate Theater ready to capture anyone who walked in who matched the police sketch. Now, did it work? No, his plan didn't work at all. (laughs) And admittedly, the movie is bad. But it is a fascinating piece of Bay Area history that you can see at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts this Saturday night, May 26th. So I have a film pick of my own. A little bit of history long, long ago when MTV actually played music videos. Mm. And the new Parkway, well, they're bringing back those vibes with a music video extravaganza. So the fourth annual Out of Focus Music Video Fest is going to feature music, videos, animations, and shorts produced by local artists. So last year's fest included work from local bands like Shannon and the Clams, mm-hmm. The Younger Lovers, and Carletta Suke. To top things off, at the end of the evening, the audience is going to have a chance to vote for the 2018 Audience Choice Award. So you're practically at the VMAs, yes? Oh, yeah, basically. Hmm. The fourth annual Out of Focus Music Video Fest is going to happen on Wednesday, May 30th at the New Parkway. I love that theater. I love it, too. And now some rock and roll heat from Philadelphia. No, that's not a vintage 45 from the Nixon era. Really? That's the band Sheerman, <laughs> who channeled the classic rock of the 70s with the mustaches to prove it. They play next weekend in San Jose and San Francisco, and their live shows are just out of this world. When I saw them a few years ago in the lobby of a tattoo shop, there were both guys and girls dancing topless in the front row. Oh, I love that. Now from a tattoo shop to the main stage, because mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, Sheermag played at Coachella back in 2016. They did. Um, they've got an electric 70s sound, and I would definitely put on some blue eyeshadow and throw on a Golame jacket and, mm-hmm. and, and, and go see the show. Yeah. I mean, one thing about them is, despite sounding like big, huge arena rock, they're very punk in spirit. They put out their own records. They refuse to sign to a label. They book all their own shows. And I think it's paid off. They've preserved a lot of the fun that makes them special. 
That's Sheer Mag playing Friday, June 1st at the Ritz in San Jose and the night before, May 31st, at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. Jamidra, you got a quick shout out for us this week? I do. One of my favorite podcasts is coming to town. Mm, which one? The Read Live with Kid Fury and Crystal is coming to the Fox Theater on June 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a fan of Kid Fury and Crystal, these two are New York-based comedians. They're known for serving brutal truths with a side of laughter. Uh, Crystal's probably best known for her stint on Drunk History when she narrated for Harriet Tubman. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and Kid Fury fans may know him from his YouTube channel, Furious Thoughts, and a recent stand-up tour, Furious Thoughts Live. You can catch them at the Fox Theater on June 9th. And I want to mention the Healdsburg Jazz Festival celebrating its 20th year with Charles Lloyd, Ravi Coltrane, so many more all over Healdsburg. Such a special small town festival with big names. Salute to Jessica Felix, the founder on 20 years. That runs at small venues all around Healdsburg June 1st through 10th. Jamidra, thanks so much for joining me this week. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. For details on all these shows, as well as reviews, videos, and cultural commentary, visit us online at kqed.org arts. Thanks to my co-host this week, Jamidra Brown-Fleischman. Our producer for The Do List is Ashley Ann Krigbaum. I'm Gabe Moline, KQED Arts. <laughs>